Hello, and welcome to the RCC Weekly Sermon Podcast. In week one of our new series, James Faith in Action, Pastor Kinney teaches from James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, about a few practical ways to not waste our doubts. Well, we're going to be starting a new series through the, uh, gospel, or the, the book of James. It's an interesting book. Um, I don't know if you guys knew this, but James was a, was a brother of Jesus. He was his actual brother, his half-brother, because you know, we, his mom was a virgin when she had Jesus. So he didn't really have a, a blood father. That was the Holy Spirit. That was the Lord. But they had the same mom. And so, so he, Jesus actually, in the Gospels, it tells us, had four brothers. right? And he had multiple sisters. Right? He had multiple sisters. It, it just speaks of them in plural. It doesn't tell you how many. He had at least four brothers and lots of... He had a big family, right? Passover, Seder at Jesus' house was a big deal, right? It, it, was, it was this big family. And then the interesting thing is that as you look in the Bible, especially in Luke and Mark, it gives you some indication that James, as Jesus' brother, when he was doing his three years of ministry, thought he was nuts. He thought Jesus was nuts. He, 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 didn't, he didn't get it. I mean, it's pretty... It's pretty hard. We grew up with somebody and they're like, you know, I'm starting a new phase of my life, whereas I'm going to be God. Um, be hard, be hard. I get it, right? It'd be hard. But, but the interesting thing is that, that as he watches his brother go through this, he's perplexed. He doesn't understand everything. He's challenged by it. He does love his brother. He's even like speaks into his life, tries to give him wisdom, right? That never works out when, when you're giving Jesus wisdom. Something's backwards, right? But he didn't get that yet. But then after Jesus rises from the dead, he's there. James is there early in the book of Acts. He becomes this prominent leader in Jerusalem through the book of Acts in the early church that people go to, uh, Paul goes to, people go to for, for, with, with an authoritative type uh, uh, presence, this James. And so he evolves in his faith. And then he writes this letter and we're going to read it in the next probably 10 to 12 weeks. We're going to kind of just kind of go through it. And it's really a radical letter. I'm excited to walk through it with you guys. And so we're going to open it up today. I'm going to read um, James 1, 1 through 12. And we're actually going to look at it for the next two weeks. Because what it's really talking about is the process of growing in your faith. It's what this letter is primarily about, or what we call faith in action. What I would call blue-collar faith, Right? Um, if, if you're new here and you're coming to this church and you're like trying to figure out who we are, we're very not perfect, right? And I, I said that sentence like that on purpose, right? We're very not perfect here. That's one of the things about us, but we love Jesus and we're just fellow strugglers and we want to challenge each other. We want to grow. And we like to say it like this. We believe that we're all in process. We, we believe we all need Jesus. If you look on the beginning of the front of your bulletin, it says this. We all need Jesus, right? We, 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 we're, we're all in process, we all have a part to play, right? And what's the fourth one, Brittany? And everyone matters. I knew that. I just wanted to give Brittany a key part so she knew she mattered. <laughs> James 1, 1 through 12, starts like this. And we'll unpack it over the next two weeks. Uh, he says, James, he's saying this is who's writing the letter, right? I'm James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stop right there. What did I say about James? He's Jesus' brother. Like, I don't know about you, but that's a pretty good accolade. Like, if I'm, like, writing you a letter, I'm going to be like, like, it's Kenny, hashtag Jesus' brother, right? He doesn't do that. It's interesting how he starts this letter. James, just a servant of God, like all of you, and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's my brother, but now I realize he's something more than that. 
That's, a, that's profound to me. And then I'm writing to the 12 tribes dispersed abroad, right? Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experienced various trials. Somebody say, what? Or everybody. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him, but let him ask in faith without doubting, for the doubter is like the surging sea, driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, because he's double-minded and unstable in all his ways." So let the brother of humble circumstances boast in his exaltation, but let the rich boast in his humiliation because he will pass away like a flower of the field. For the sun rises and together with the scorching wind dries up the grass, its flower falls off and its beautiful appearance perishes. In the same way, the rich person will wither away while pursuing his activities Blessed is the one who endures trials, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. That's a big opening, right? It's a big opening. It kind of sets the trajectory for the whole letter. So we're going to really refer back to this. If you didn't catch all of that, that's normal, right? It's a very loaded entry. But we have Jesus, the, 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 the brother, I mean, James, the brother of Jesus, and he's talking about some things that are real, but what he's talking about is the, the process of growing in your faith. The process of growing in your faith and growing in your faith towards maturity. And maturity, the word that he uses here is, is maturity. Sometimes it's used to be perfect. What it means literally in the Greek, it's written in Greek, James wrote in Greek, and then we translate it. What it literally means is to be what God intended you to be. He wants you to grow to be what God intended you to be. Or a kind of an aim for us is that we want to be more like Jesus. So this process of becoming more and more like Jesus is what he's talking about. And if I was to say, let's whiteboard this out, what are some things that we can do to grow in our faith and become more like Jesus? You guys would give me things. You'd be like, read your Bibles, right? That'd be the first one probably like, okay, read your Bibles. That's good, right? And then you'd be like, go to church. Okay, we'll go to church and serve, right? And, and pray, And all of these things we would look at, and they wouldn't be wrong. These are important things. In the process of growing in your faith, we do those things to grow in our faith. But James gives us two that we would not put on the list. He gives us two that we would not put on the list. So we're going to look at those the next couple weeks. The reality. How many of you guys live in the real world? Right? Where, like, not everyone agrees, and things are messy, And our friends argue on Facebook and drive us crazy, right? We live in the real world. And he's like, well, this is the thing. There's two things that actually help us grow in our faith that we don't want to miss. And the first one is struggles. He says, consider it joy when you face trials of many kinds. It means like struggles, right? And that's why I say, what? That doesn't make sense, right? Why would I be happy when life stinks, right? 
I don't, that's not the way we think. But he says there's a reason for it. And so struggles are, are an important part of growing. How many of you guys have struggles? Yes! Right? Consider it joy. That's what he's saying. Right? And then he says another thing that helps us grow in our faith is doubts. Have you guys ever have any doubts? And so today we're going to look at the doubts part, and then next week we're going to look at the struggles part. And so uh, it's helpful. We'll, we'll kind of jump in. And if you guys are like, whoa, this is weird, welcome to Remembrance Community Church. All right? Uh, so we're created to grow. That's the first thing you want to know. We're created to grow. He gives a, a, a name for that. We want to grow to become more like Jesus. We want to grow in our faith. But the reality is, is whether you're Christian or not, wherever you came from, if you just lived life for a little while, you could easily see that the way that we are, we're created to grow. And people grow and they, and they, and they, they, get, they get better and they get worse too, right? Like just the, the most practical way of looking at that is like you, 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 you're born and then you slowly grow to adulthood. And if you're a parent, you see that differently, right? Like you're like, it goes way too fast. You guys can relate to that because we're created that way from, to grow. And then you get to a certain age and you start getting more hair in different places and losing hair in some places and gravity becomes a reality and so you, you grow, and then you, you, you kind of decrease, right? Now, there's an interesting book I read by this psycho- Christian psychologist team called uh, their Townsend and Cloud. And the book is called How People Grow. And he talks about that there's five different ways, at least five ways that we grow to maturity. So we grow physically, right? We all know that. We grow physically. Uh, we grow emotionally. We grow socially. We grow intellectually, and we also grow spiritually. We grow in those five ways. And the interesting thing is there's a lot of parallels in the way that we grow. And so what, when, when, when James is talking about growing spiritually in our faith, we can also look at those other things and relate to those and learn from those. Like we, we all grow physically, and here's a reality that you just can see scientifically that you never stay the same in any of these areas. You never reach a level and then just can be stagnant and you're, and you're done. You, when you do that, you actually go backwards, right? So physically, you, we grow, right? We grow as kids. If you're an adult, you have to work harder at it. And the scientific uh, way that we look at this is you're always either in a state of, uh, that's anabolic or catabolic, right? So anabolic means that you're in a state where your body is healthy and growing stronger, it's, it, that's why people use anaerobic steroids, because they want to they uh, uh, have a substance that helps them do that. Or you're catabolic. You're, you're decreasing, right? Always. So if you do healthy things that make you more in an anabolic state, when you're young, you just get away with it, right? When you get older, you got to work harder at it. And, and hormones have a lot to do with that, with testosterone. So you're always in an anabolic state, either growing or a catabolic state, getting less healthy, uh, emotionally, we're like that. How many of you guys know that's a big buzzword right now? Emotional health and emotional intelligence are two huge things. Emotional intelligence is having some self-awareness and knowing how what, the way that you act if, uh, affects other people, right? You're emotionally intelligent when, you, when you're able to have a, a, some maturity in that. And then emotional health, you could get emotionally healthy just be, by living, right? Like hard things happen and we don't know how to deal with it 
And you can become either emotionally healthy, like we do things to, to manage our health, right? Our, our, our emotional health, right? We take mental health days, right? Because emotionally you can become more mature or less mature. Uh, socially we're like that. How many of you guys ever saw the movie with Tom Hanks called Castaway, right? Here's a very well-adjusted socially guy, and he goes and he's on an island for too many years to the point where he knows he needs friends, and so he draws a face on his volleyball and calls it Wilson. And then when he comes back into society, this very well-adjusted socially person now no longer can function socially. Why? Because you can actually decrease socially, and you can increase socially and intellectually we're like that, right? You could get smarter or you could listen to the wrong podcast and you could get not smarter, right? <laughs> it's just the way that it is. And, and, and spiritually we're the same way. And so we're on the same, we're going to be on this journey with through James. This is what he's talking about is do you want to grow spiritually? And if you think like I had a great five years 10 years ago, spiritually, and I got to this place, if, you haven't cut, if you're not still fighting for that, fighting the good fight, growing in your faith, then you've actually lost ground. You're either gaining ground or losing ground. You cannot just stay the same. You've got to continue pressing forward. And so James is like, through all of the circumstances, even through struggle, you go through struggle, don't waste a struggle. Because God never wastes a struggle. God never wastes a hurt. And he doesn't want us to do that either. When we go through hard times, we go through them with the Lord. We go through them together. And it can either tear you down or it can build you up. You can learn from it. And we know this stuff, right? But I love the fact that James is like, let's talk about reality, right? Let's talk about how it is when it's real. And doubts are a part of this process. And that's what I want to look at this morning is that doubts are a part of this process process in at least three ways. And here's the things we're going to learn this morning from James is that you don't need to understand everything in order to have a healthy faith. You don't have to have all of the answers. You don't have to understand everything in order to have a healthy, mature faith. And the second thing is this. It is not bad to ask questions. It's not bad to have the type of doubts where you don't know the answer and you asking questions, even questions like, is God real? It's a great question if you're asking that. Is God good? Is a great question if you're asking that. If you don't ask those things, you'll never find the answer. It's part of seeking the Lord is asking these questions, but knowing how to ask these questions, so asking good questions is a good thing. It's not, Paul says, when he's saying, I mean, James is not saying, when he says don't have doubts, he's like, don't, he's not saying don't have questions, don't process through this stuff. And then this is the third one. We're going to learn that the best way to go about growing is to do what you know and then grow from there. Do what you know and then grow from there. So we'll go through these three things. And the first one is this, that you do not have to understand everything. In your notes, you can fill in a blank. If you have uh, OCD, you're welcome. It's you, do not, you don't have to understand everything. In Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, one of my favorite verses of wisdom from the Old Testament says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him or acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So this is a very brilliant thing that he's saying. He's saying, first, in your heart, trust the Lord. And he's not saying you have to understand everything. Matter of fact, he's saying, you don't understand everything. Don't, you, you think you understand everything, but don't trust that. Because that can lead us astray. Any of you guys ever had some stinking thinking? Yeah, everyone ever get lost in your emotional and your thoughts and, and your struggles and you just don't understand what's going on and you just feel lost? He's like, yeah, but don't, under, don't, don't, don't trust in that. Trust in the Lord. And seek to know Him. That's a relational. Seek to have a relationship with this God to know who He is. He's good. Even though my circumstances don't feel good, God's good. And he will make your path straight. He'll get you through it. He will get you through it. So the first thing I want to do is I want to do a little bit of, have some fun. You guys good with that? Is fun okay? Okay. So here's what I'm going to need. I'm going to need some helpers. The first thing I'm going to need is an adult. And and I'm going to give you some characteristic traits. You just think about yourself if you're this person. Right? I need an adult who's willing to come up here. And so you have to be brave. Because you're going to come up here and do something. So you have to be brave and you have to have integrity because I'm going to have you close your eyes. I'm going to put a blindfold on, but we all know that you could cheat. I need a non-cheater. So who's an adult that's willing to volunteer for me? You got to be brave to come up here. You will be blindfolded. Amanda, I like it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Who knows how to party? Remembrance knows how to party. Right? You're going to close your eyes. You're going to blindfold you. All right. Integrity test. Now I need, I need two kids. I need two, two kids. Now, oh, before you raise your hand, I need you to be brave. And I need you to be kind. Because you're brave, you've got to come up here and kind... You're going to help Amanda, and her whole life is going to depend on your kindness. So who wants to come up here? Don't worry. It's not going to be that bad. It's going to be real bad. Come on up here. Yes. Awesome. Where's our mic? Okay. I need one more. You're going to... Yay! Can you, can you ladies turn around and stand right here on the carpet, on the magic carpet? Okay. You guys are awesome. You guys are going to be a team. You're going to hold that so that both of you guys, but don't talk into it yet. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to take this and we're going to, we're going to put it somewhere. I'm, I'm going to put it somewhere. And Amanda's not going to wear it, know where it is. And she can't see. So you guys are going to help her find this. You have to stay on the carpet and you're just going to give her directions. She's going to, she's going to find this, okay? <laughs> you know what I say, what could go wrong? Okay, you guys can start giving her her instructions, and then she's going to follow your instructions, and you're going to help her find the, the, the hat. Okay? Ready? And go. I mean, you guys, this is how life feels sometimes. Nice work. All right, you guys can go have a seat. 
So like this is a super silly illustration, but if you think about it, it's, it's pretty profound. How many of you guys ever feel like Amanda felt in life? You're like, I thought you said go this way, but then you're saying turn around and like I'm confused, right? But the, but the reality is, is that, that why can't Amanda understand what she's supposed to do? She can't see. She can't see. And so she doesn't understand what's going on. She knows what she's wants to accomplish. She knows what she's searching for, but she doesn't understand. And so often in life, that's the reality, right? We don't understand why certain things are happening. We don't understand life. We don't understand our circumstances. We don't understand people. We just don't understand, but we know that there's, a, there's something that we want to attain. And so now we have to rely on a voice. We have to rely on something other than our understanding. And that's why I said you needed to be kind because Amanda needs to know that you're kind. If you're going to give instruction, then she's, they're going to have to trust in your character. They're going to have to trust that you're, that you're for them, that you're trying to help, that your voice has some wisdom in it because it can see something that you can't. And that's what this verse is saying, is saying, no, trust in the Lord. Trust His voice. And don't lean on your own understanding because when, you're, when, you're, when it's blacked out, your, 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 your feelings are going to tell you one thing, but, but you need to listen to the voice, not listen to your feelings, right? My feelings would be like, get in a ball, lay down and give up. And yet the voice is calling you on, giving you directions. You have to listen. This is a profound reality about the fact that you don't have to understand everything You need to know Him. In order to have faith, you don't need to have all the answers. You don't need to understand everything. You need to to know one thing. You need to know who God is. You need to know that He's good and He's kind and His voice is there. And you need to listen. I could have been mean and had everybody else yell other instructions and then they would have had to, but that would have been too complicated and I like Amanda way too much. But you kind of get the idea. So we don't, we don't understand why or why not sometimes. Uh, and this is a very complicated way to live, right? We live in this complexity, but we can know who God is. We can know that He's good. And that's what James is calling us to when he says, look, consider it joy when you face all kinds of struggle. Like that's the epitome of when you don't understand, when you're going through it, and you don't understand, he says, Consider it joy. And it's interesting, he doesn't say feel feelings of joy. If you feel feelings of joy when you're going through a hard time, you're a little bit weird. Okay? He's not saying, like, like, get all excited about the struggle. He's saying, no, consider it. Choose to see the joy in it. Choose to trust God in it. Choose to have faith even when it's hard. It doesn't mean it's easy doesn't mean it feels good. You don't have to be stoked about what you're going through to believe that God never wastes a hurt and he doesn't want us to waste a hurt and he doesn't want us to wait as the doubt when we're feeling those feelings of doubt in the middle of uncertainty. We put our trust in him. We listen to his voice and we trust in who he is. How do we do that? How do we do that? How do you consider it joy when you're facing struggles of all different kinds? We do that by...
by remembering who God is. So you don't have to understand everything in order to have faith. You need to know who God is in order to have faith. Does that make sense? And so, so this is a profound thing about faith is that, that we don't need to understand everything, but we do need to know who God is. And then secondly, asking questions is a good thing. Any of you guys have any questions about God? I mean, I got like a whole book of them that I can't wait. When I get to heaven, I, there's, there's, there's questions that I want to know, and I order books on Amazon Prime because I feel like there's some good wisdom out there. There's questions that I know for a fact that I can't know as a human until I get to, to, to heaven. I can't understand. There, no one has the answers, and I just, they're in, the, they're in my, my box of mystery. I'm going to ask Jesus when I get there if I still want to know the answer by the time I get there, right? And there's just stuff that, 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 that I, I, I don't agree with other people about, but there's just questions I have. But questions are a good thing. Questions are a good thing. And so what, what, what James says, he says, when you need wisdom, ask God. So asking questions is actually part of this passage. When you need wisdom, ask God. What is wisdom? Wisdom, biblically, wisdom is, is when you're in a situation where there's no black and white answer and you still have to make a decision. See, if, if, you're, if you're asking wisdom like, God, should I steal from my parents and use that to buy something they told me not to buy? Kids, do you need to ask God for wisdom on that? No, you already know the answer. Right? Though that's not wisdom, that's having knowledge, right? But wisdom is when you're in a season where the answer is not as clear and, and you need to you still need to make a decision, that in its essence is when you need wisdom, right? Who are you gonna marry? Like there's nowhere in the Bible that says, you know, this certain person is gonna marry this certain person. No, you need to use wisdom. What job are you gonna have? You need wisdom. Well, are you going to sell your house and move? You need wisdom. There's a lot of times where we need wisdom. And he's like, when you, ha- when you need wisdom, ask. And he'll give it to you generously, not grudgingly. And he says, ask. But then he says something interesting. He says, it's okay to ask a lot of questions. But he says, but ask without doubting. Do you guys notice that in the passage? He goes, but the, the guy who, who, who asks with doubting is like a... a, a is like a ship on the sea just thrown by the wind, right? Or you're like a flower in a field and the sun's scorching in and you wither and die, right? And so doubting is an issue, but the Greek word here for doubting isn't, isn't having questions or not knowing the answers. It's vacillating. It's called vacillating would be a, a good way to translate it. They translate it doubting, but it could be vacillating. And so vacillating... Is, is being not resolute, being indecisive, wavering, or hesitating. So I'm going I'm to be real with you guys. So about 20 years ago, I decided to go on a long hike in Yosemite in the Sequoias with a guy who knew what he was doing, taking a guy who doesn't know what he's doing. Um, I like to act tough, but I like hotels, and I don't like tents. I know, judge me. Uh, but I, I, I acted brave. We, I'm, I was in pretty good shape, so I'm like, I can handle the hiking part, the roughing it part, I'll, I'll fake it, right? So, so I get there, and we're going through Little Yosemite Valley, still snow on the ground, no one's out there, and me and my buddy are walking through this 
field, looks like a football field of, of grass about this high. We're cruising, we're looking for this certain area that we needed to find, and a bear shows up. And it was big, by my estimation, and his hair was red. And I didn't know anything. I've never even heard of a red bear, so that's weird. I don't like weird things. Forest. <laughs> this bear looks at us, and no joke, it start, it's about a football field away, and it charges at, at us fast. And you know what's going on in my head? I'm like trying to evaluate, am I faster than Todd? That's the first thought that came in my head. And I remember distinctly, I had learned two things that were conflicting about what to do when a bear chases you. I don't know why I knew that. You never want that to happen. But one wisdom is you get down like a rock, you pretend like you're a rock. The other one is you get real big and you pretend like you're, you're tougher than the bear. Or something like that. Those are conflicting. I, <laughs> I had to made up my mind. I should have made up my mind before they came into this circumstance. And this bear was running at us. I remember asking Todd, rock or big? And he's like, I don't know. And we both just stood there with our eyes big. We were vacillating. We made no decision. And the bear stopped and it turned around. And the ranger later said, he had a name for it as a teenager. He likes to mess with people, right? I'm like, ha ha, good on you. All right? But that's the idea that, that, that James is talking about. Don't vacillate. Like there's, there might be two things to do. Don't do nothing. Right? So he says you, you can ask a lot of questions to God, but don't vacillate. Don't doubt. Doubting is not having questions. It's when you, you waste a doubt when you don't ask God the questions. When you don't pursue the answer to the questions. When you don't... Go to him honestly and say, I'm a wreck right now. I do not understand you, but I, but, I, but I trust you, but I don't understand you. I don't get it, but I, I know that you're good, but I can't understand how that works. Help me. That's not wasting a doubt. But when you, but when you have doubts and questions and you go, I'm out of here, and you just avoid God altogether because you don't have the answers or you have some questions, that is vacillating. He goes, don't be that guy. Seek him in your doubts. Pursue those doubts. Follow those doubts to the one who has the voice that you need to hear. That's what he's saying. You can have doubts, but don't vacillate. And then the second idea or picture would be of what it looks like to vacillating practically is if you went to God. Remember, you ever done this before? You, you probably have. If, 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 you're, if you're a sincere follower of Jesus, you've probably done this. I have. Where you ask God to give you wisdom, and then he gives you wisdom, and then you choose not to follow it. Right? That's what he's saying. Like, don't be the guy who's at, like, you're going to go to God, like, God, what do I do right now? And he's like, do this. And you're like, nah. Right? Don't be the guy who asks with doubting or vacillating. Be somebody whose heart is in it. When you go to God earnestly, and you're like, I remember when I was 15 years old, I prayed this every night for almost a year. God, if you are real, I really want to know you. I had doubts. I didn't know if he was real. And I went to him. I said, God, I'm telling you, you help me. If I can get to the place where I know you're real, I will follow you. But I'm not there right now. Help me. If you're there, I love that place. God's not angry with you. That's not the kind of doubting he's talking about. That's the kind of pursuing him that he's talking about. Don't vacillate. Keep it real. 
Be real with God. Tell him where you're at. At, Listen to his voice. Let him guide you to the next phase of whatever he has for you. That's what Paul, I mean, uh, James is talking about. You guys should take a tally how how many times I call James Paul uh, in this series. It'll be a lot. And then lastly, lastly is this. Obey what you know. Obey what you know. You'll still have some doubts, but when, when, when you're not doing the basics that you already know and starting there, why? Because you don't know everything? You're not going to do anything? That doesn't make any sense. Do what you know. Wherever you are with the Lord, act in faith there. Right? You know God's good. Okay, good. You, have, you still have questions? Okay, good. Right? Take them one at a time, but wherever you're at, obey what you know. I want to say this, and because I, I believe this with all my heart, about the condition of myself and most Christians that I know globally. The maturity of most Christians is not being hindered by a lack of knowledge. The maturity of Christians is not being hindered by a lack of knowledge. It's being hindered by a lack of obedience to what you already know. What's my next step? Buy a book and learn everything. What do you already... Let's start with where where are you already at? What are the simple things that God's already called you to do that you haven't stepped out in? Why don't you start there? Why don't you keep it simple and grow from there? You don't know where God's going to take you if you just keep it simple and take it one step at a time. I mean, you may be, become a person who knows a lot of answers someday. But right now, if you're a person who just knows a couple things, do those. Teach those. How many of you guys know that Jesus loves people? You're ready to be an evangelist. Right? Go tell somebody. Man, Jesus loves you. I don't know a lot more than that. I know this. And Jesus loves you. We're all a mess, right? How many of you guys know we're all a mess? Anyone here perfect? Right? Well, the guy next to you is not any more perfect than you are. Right? None of us are perfect. We're all a mess. Everyone matters. We're all a mess. We all have struggles. We're all in process. Your process, now here's the thing. We're not all in a process of growing. You know that. But we want to be. Get on the process of growing. That's what James is saying. The process has a purpose. Just like Amanda needed to find the hat, there was a purpose. Our process has a purpose. We need to find Jesus, become more like Jesus. That's our goal. Everyone has, is in process. So this morning, we'll have the worship team come back up. And here's how I want to kind of frame our, our, our response time. Um, this morning, I, I, hope, I hope we're all challenged to grow. I hope we know that you're either growing or you're falling apart. And if you think you're just staying the same, if you're in an apathetic season, guess what? You're, you're losing ground. You have to actively take steps and move forward or you lose ground. It's just the way that we are in every aspect of our growth, spiritually included. Uh, and if you've been stag- stagnant in your faith, if you've been stagnant in your faith, I hope this morning you're not discouraged, but you're encouraged to, to start to, to pick it up again. I hope you're inspired to take some next steps. Maybe, maybe some of you need a fresh start this morning. I hope you're inspired to take 
some fresh. You know what it says in Proverbs 29? It goes, a righteous man falls down many times. And I always read that and I go, that is not how I would define a righteous man. Wait, a righteous man doesn't fall down many times, right? That's why he's righteous. No, it says a righteous man falls down many times, but he gets back up. This morning, God's voice is saying, hey, I know you don't understand. It's time to get back up. Listen to my voice. Trust me. One step at a time. Maybe that's where you're at this morning, and that's a beautiful thing. And if, if, if you've fallen away completely from your faith, maybe you're like Amanda, right? She was like going like to Hades, right? And then they said, no, turn around. Oh, she repented. And she turned around because she was listening to the voice, and she got back on track. Maybe that's you this morning. You just need to turn around and get back on track, and I want to invite you to do that. Because our God is good, and He's filled with second and third and and unlimited chances. If you don't understand your circumstances this morning, just seek to know who God is. Start there. That God is good. The church isn't always good. I'm not always good. If you're here and you're just waiting for me to fail you, let me just help you out. It happens all the time. (laughs) Right? I don't claim to be any better than any of you. I just know my God is the God that is good, that you can always trust, that's always faithful, that knows where that I need to go, that sees beyond where I need to see, and I'm just clinging to His voice. Thank you for listening to Remembrance Community Church Podcast. You can find all our weekly sermons online at remembrancecommunity.org forward slash sermons. Thank you for listening.